I've been actively harassed, stalked, death threats, like the whole nine online. And so there was a long period of time where I didn't feel safe online. Welcome to the Alpha Podcast, made possible by West Coast Customs and Neverland Studios, hosted by me, Jussup. Before we begin, I want to remind everybody that what you're about to hear is not financial advice, nor do we endorse any of the guests or projects on the show. This is simply meant for educational purposes, and oftentimes I'm learning about these projects in real time as we're recording them. While this is brought to you by West Coast Customs and Neverland Studios, the opinions expressed are of my own or the guests, and not of the companies. So without further ado, let's tap into the episode. Pleasure. We're here uh, at Bitcoin Miami. Um, so my name's uh, SX Noir, and I am the thought leader of sex technology. I work on the intersection of sexuality and technology, which is any technology that enhances the human experience of sexuality. So as you can imagine, it's quite expansive. It goes from anything from health, wellness, entertainment, arts, culture, business, um, and just technical innovation. The sex industry has led innovation within the internet, period. So, you know, sex tech is one of the leading industries that we need to acknowledge and embrace. How does that translate into Web3 space? Yeah. <laughs> Look, I did the, this is Web3. <laughs> ah, <laughs> um, so it translates in a big way, right? So essentially, like some of the barriers that we have within the current um, system of Web2 is trust management. Right. People consider sex uh, a vice industry, whether it literally be education or like women's rights around their bodies. Right. Like there's so much um, barriers to the way that Web2 is run to um, the sex industry. So when I say sex industry, yes, it does include sex workers and the plight that they've endured. But it also includes basically anything around gender expression, our health, our wellness, like anything around that as well. It includes the entertainment, the fun part, the gaming, the VR, the AR, things like that as well. Interesting. So how it connects yeah, yeah. to Web3... Well, actually, normally I connect it to like blockchain tech, which we've discovered are kind of two different things. Um, so blockchain technology really solves some of the issues that we have within sex tech as far as um, having decentralized banking, um, NFTs and utility around the NFTs really helps within trust management. So right now, centralized banking does not accept sex um, at all. They consider advice and they say, nope. Uh, we're not going to touch it. And also, like, within our arts and culture, with the invention of tube sites and the invention of big tech stealing from the normal person using it, we have no accountability for sexuality. All they do is delete us. Um, they tell us you can't be here. And then they just steal our content. So whether it be education, whether it be adult services or adult um, entertainment, anything like that. So how did you, like, stumble into Web3? I go into a lot of rooms and talk a lot of shit. Uh, rooms as in club, cl- clubhouse? <laughs> no, just, just, like, real spaces. Rooms. No, just spaces. Oh, okay, spaces. So my yeah, favorite yeah. thing to do, which is actually how I met Mike, is just ask a, a very, like, not out of the, like, not a crazy question, but a really pointed question to the to the panelists. And I like to break the fourth wall between people thinking they're these superior technologists. And it's like, no, we're all humans. You know, we put our shoes on one at a time. And like, you know, we all um, have have things that trouble us and that worry us. And so I like to talk about the conflict that is within Web3. I think there's a lot of like virtue signaling and like everything's going to be great, which is beautiful. But with greatness comes challenges. And I feel like we need space to talk about those challenges. So how I got into it was my community, as in the sex tech industry, was very weary of the future of Web3. <laughs> like, very, very weary. They're like, what does that mean? How is it different from the current system? And so I like to just open up that conversation and not make it so scary and celebrate um, alongside. With greatness comes comes a lot of these things. And I, I think yeah. it's, we, we actually were having this conversation earlier. Mm. What's interesting about this space 
is I, I've noticed that there's parallels in, uh, I mean, with Mike, we, we call ourselves DGENs, and there's a lot mm. of parallels in gambling. From the outside, you see a lot of people that look at it and it's like, oh, there's going to be scams and there's bad actors, and we see rug pulls happening and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think whenever you have an industry that parallels things that are, that can have that kind of negative connotation, you're going to have bad actors exploiting it. What yeah. were you going to say? Yeah, oh, yeah. no. I mean, I think then this is the reason why the sex tech industry needs to be the center of it because we've consistently innovated against bad actors. Right. We've consistently pushed the boundaries of what's accepted and the values that we have. And so I feel like we knew that we know there's bad actors. Right. It's not a question of, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. It's like we almost expect having bad actors. And so Something like my background is actually understanding legislation in America that impacts sexuality online. So that's like I'm a sex worker activist. I organized the largest sex worker march in history. And so we are consistently navigating conflict uh, within right. digital spaces and within humanity with people. And so bad actors are inevitable. And I think something that the sex industry does very well is practice harm reduction, as in when something happens, not if, when it happens, we can move forward in a way that like transcends the conversation and not get stuck and not cancel and not, you know, one of the biggest problems within projects or rug pulls or all these words is yeah. interpersonal conflict yeah. between one or the other. Um, and with this new world that we're in, within Web2 and everyone being so connected, mass communication, et cetera, people are so sensitive, especially my generation. People are so sensitive. And I'm not saying like Republican, Democrat sensitive. I'm saying just quite literally, we are constantly in this bubble online that reaffirms everything we do. And not only that, but if you are so palatable, and I use that word intentionally, that you have a virality or a lot of followers, you believe that you are in stronger power than someone who doesn't. And I'm hoping that Web3 shifts that on its head because we don't need to reach thousands of people. We need to reach three people, four people, five people, right? And I think that that's kind of what we need to embrace for our mental health. I mean, our generation is the most lonely and depressed in, like generation to to come. And that's not that's not a coincidence. I mean, I mean you're talking about things that I, I find that doesn't get talked a lot about in this space in general. Yeah. And it's something that I'm very, very passionate about um, yeah. because, I, I mean, it's talked about. It's it's like it's cool to stay up all night do degen things <laughs> yeah. and like neglect your health. And I don't think uh, that's talked about near enough. And then it's leading to being more depressed, more lonely. And these in real life events have been awesome because yeah. it's allowed people to connect. But I think there is a way that we can still connect online, but we can't forget about our, in, like we have bodies, we have we minds. We can't forget yeah. humanity, you know, and this is why like, you know, humanity will always exist and always push forward. And we, we always will need physical touch. We always need community. And so I always, my catchphrase is I'm the Oprah of sex tech, right? Because people ask me, what do you, how are you a technologist? And I'm like, I bring the social and empathetic conversations to what we're talking about. You know, I asked, um, some, one of my biggest things around like Web 2 and Web 3 is like everyone is really into virality. Everyone's really into this idea that if I just work hard enough, I'm going to be so popular and so cool that everyone's going to love me. And it's like, to me, I think that's a centralized concept. And I feel like a lot of people are using um, centralized solutions for decentralized innovation. And I, and I say that strategically because they're the same people who have been in power creating the same thing. And so I like to go into rooms and fuck it up and say, hey, who are you? Why should we listen to you? Like, what are your challenges? What are your successes? And just like having that empathetic conversation because we all want to be so cool and so smart. But like, you know, like Mike says, like we're kids, like we're in our inner child. Like, how do we feel about this? And like, we can lean into that understanding. And so when I start talking to people about it, you know, they expect me to be 
an engineer or a coder or you know and they put me in this box like almost immediately and I'm like Mm-mm, fuck that box no 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 <laughs> and I talk about things and I host events and I have conversations and right now if you're listening I'm fundraising for my um, talk show podcast situation where I just interview people and I ask them real questions like what do you have for breakfast you know what makes you happy like these things because when we're talking to developers we're talking to engineers we're talking to thought leaders that's my thing T-H-O-T leaders we have we're dreamers okay like we're thinking about something we want to see in the world and God, you have the courage to go and do that. Like that's really big. It's not something that's simple. Um, and even when you're staying up all night online, like you're, tr- like you're wanting to see something. And so you're spending your time investing in that and that's powerful. So I like to just give space to that. And I don't think that, I don't know. I don't think we're as cool as we think we are. I think we're all kind of dorks inside and uh, yeah. we kind of just need to navigate that more. One of the, the firm beliefs that I have that's kind of guided me is the only thing that really matters is how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. That goes to kind of what I, what I was hearing you say is yeah. like search for this external acceptance and stuff. And, and yeah, and I think that like, you know, during COVID, um, yeah. not only did the sex tech industry boom because more people were buying toys, more people were connecting on uh, dating sites, right? Yeah. Like they were like, hey, don't be lonely, come connect on dating sites. I think that COVID really destigmatized a lot of our acknowledgement around not only community, but the impact it has on us, right? right? So when you call your mom, you call your grandma, you get on that Zoom mixer, we all of a sudden were like, damn, that matters. That makes a difference in our lives. And it kind of took away this taboo that like our online lives are weird or strange or it's not actually real. You can just turn off your laptop and, and get into the real world and it doesn't matter. We live in a um, in a world where we have, we're already in the metaverse. We have a duality yeah. of existence in an extreme way. And it's hard, you know, I've been actively harassed, stalked, death threats, like the whole nine online. And so there was a long period of time where I didn't feel safe online. This is, this is just part of the reality because I don't feel safe in, in real life sometimes. And I feel like this is when we need to have humanity and give space to those really difficult ideas. And it, Honestly, what freaks me out about Web3 is I'm not sure who's thinking about this. I'm not sure who's thinking about the small guy when they're creating things like around security, around surveillance, things of this nature, around tracking, around where the, tech, where the data is held, you know? Um, because as you look around at the salon event, I don't see one black woman. I don't even see a black person. I don't even see women. So are we thinking about people like me? And that's why I go in the room and I ask that and I people are like, huh, what? And I love that. And then they directly come up to me afterwards and they're like, okay, can we talk about this? And I'm like, yeah, but I would have preferred you set that at the panel. So people know you're also thinking about it. It's not a private conversation, right? Right. But they're like, yeah, I was depressed. Or yeah, you know, um, I lost this relationship because of this. My wallet got stolen and this happened and I couldn't eat. Like these are real things that are happening um, and we need to give space to the conversation. So again, um, if you're listening, I'm looking for investors. <laughs> <laughs> Do you collect NFTs? I've like, are you a ah, collector? I am a collector. Well, actually, I got gifted some ETH a while back, and so I just kind of went crazy and bought several NFTs. My first NFT was Cosmic Paws. Um, it was a Mutnik um, honoring um, space travel and the first dogs that kind of died for us to um, innovate space travel, which is pretty cool. Um, I have a Mongo mug uh, from Mike Mongo, his PFP project. And I also have a dick pic NFT. That's a D-I-C-K-P-I 
X, um, basically turning the head on like when you someone sends you a dick pic you don't want, and like it's kind of like a counterculture thing. And so it's um, one, her name is Jen. I think um, I've heard of this actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dick pic <laughs> is it's great. Um, and so they have all these like dick pics that are like modeling celebrities, like Snoop Dogg, Kim Kardashian, etc. Like I think mine is like hairy balls or something, and it's like a dick and it has like all these like hairs <laughs> on it, and it's like kind of di- digital and pixelated. Part of the proceeds go to Planned Parenthood, and there's like a gamification element of like collecting different ones. I think the floor price is very, I think it's like 0.4. I think that's it. Oh, and I bought all my ETH addresses. So I feel really cool. The, uh, just on that topic though, Jordan mm-hmm. Prince, who's one of the developers for Solana, he mm-hmm. said, he was telling me about this thing called junk mail, mm-hmm. where apparently a ton of people just got airdropped a bunch of dicks well right 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 right. and that's what this dick pic project is talking about it's really funny the discord is absolutely hilarious um and jen's a comedian um and so she's really cool i think she's here actually really um she'll be at nft nyc and so like within my work i think people like are like how does sex tech fit into web3 in these conversations just think about it and you'd be so surprised what comes to mind and you know between crypto titties between dick pic between all these different projects that are around um sex tech um, it's honestly the underlying technology to almost everything we do. Well, you know, and I would I would say like throughout COVID, OnlyFans exploded. Yeah. And yeah. But there's going to be a Web three version of OnlyFans. Oh like, my god! Can I cuss on this podcast? Yeah, we, you, you definitely already have. Oh, <laughs> you way past that like, point. Can I curse? <laughs> Fuck. Um, OnlyFans. I love OnlyFans. You guys can like Google me and see all my work. SX Noir around sex worker activism in digital spaces specifically. Uh, we appreciate OnlyFans, we love you. Thanks for giving millions of dollars to performers, but they're fucked up. OnlyFans is, is, is a despicable business model. I just went to South by Southwest and we had a panel on um, gig adult gig economy innovating the internet. Um, absolutely fascinating. I think the only panel like that is South by Southwest. And we just talked about how OnlyFans is just, now it has transcended into a social concept almost, right? that people are just applying to everything, right? So when Beyonce says it in a song, okay, right, we've transcended um, the understanding of what digital um, adult gig economies look like. During COVID, everyone was like, oh, wait, I understand the only thing that we have is our body. Okay, great, I'm gonna go do OnlyFans. And so a lot of the DAOs I'm seeing right now are surrounding counter counterculture to OnlyFans. It's, it, to me, it's very reductive and it's honestly Can kind of... Explain that to me. What do you... Um, yeah. yeah. So there's like... I don't want to like name names because I don't want to yeah, yeah, really yeah. call anyone out because I think what they're doing is brilliant and innovative. But every, that's what they use. They go, I'm an OnlyFans competitor. And it's just like, we need a... To me, it's kind of all you're saying is I'm someone who skims off the top of performers. Yeah. I'm someone who exploits the community. I'm someone who has such strict terms of service that it actually is borderline violent against performers. It, disen- it disenfranchises them. Um, it's a trust management issue, like I've m- mentioned before. So I don't really like when people say that. And so it just has us in a chokehold of understanding. And I feel like it's far more expansive. Ooh, sorry. So when I, as the DAO that I'm creating is going to be called um, Sex Tech DAO. And essentially, it's going to be far expansive to, like, of course, including the adult industry, the adult gig economy, but also educators, um, doctors, <laughs> uh, you know, performers, all these different levels of sex technology and also embracing. Because right now I'm the president of Women of Sex Tech. I probably should have said that. Um, and a global organization of women pioneering sex tech. And I believe that the future of sex tech is is 
inclusive of everyone, right? Men, women, non-binary, trans, et cetera, marginalized genders. And so the reason I'm saying all this is because, you know, men have this very narrow view of what sex tech looks like and they go, oh, it's only fans. And so, but they don't even understand the business model or what the people on the site even think about it. You know, over 37% of OnlyFans creators make less than $150 a month, right? And so it's pretty exploitative. I would imagine that there's going to be a Web3 version and then... People are working on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are working on it. Um, But I'm not sure they're as mindful as they could be. But I think conversations like this is what's going to... I mean, what you're doing as far as shaking it up and asking people questions and forcing them to think about things that they may not necessarily think about. Earlier, you said something about us being sensitive. And I I think that's where that has the biggest impact is the fact that we can't have conversations these days because we there's no room for people to say something just out of pure ignorance. And it's okay. Like, that's why we have conversations so we can grow. Because I may not think about something because my experience doesn't necessarily align with allowing me to to see a perspective that you see. Yeah. And if we don't have these conversations, I would never be able to see that. So, Lord, yeah, I um, I completely agree. And thank you for acknowledging that. You know, I spoke at the um, blockchain conference at Harvard about two weeks ago. And so when I go to these events, I was actually just telling like this. When I go to these events, these mixers, these conversations, I have so much anxiety because... I have no idea what the person's going to say that I'm speaking to, right? So I have my spiel. I say what I'm going to say, and it either goes two ways. One, they listen, and they're like, wow, that's, wow, okay, cool. Like, I'm, that's amazing. Like, I'm here. I'm gung-ho about it. Or they go toward a very, like, almost a selfish view of what they believe it is, and then they claim to be offended, and they say, I'm sorry that you're offended is what they say to me. Because I, I'm okay with any conversation. I, you can say nearly almost anything to me, and I'm gonna, I don't, I'm not a judgmental person at all. I can decide what I'm, how I'm going to react to that, <laughs> right? But I'm not a judgmental person, and I believe that the spaces that I hold, I, no photos, no videos allowed, um, and I have a very strict code of conduct of accepting people as who they are, accepting their lived experience, um, being kind and being empathetic is, is what my, my rules are. And so people, they ask this question because they're afraid to ask it, And then when you don't respond the way that they want you to, they go, I'm sorry, I offended you. And they completely shut down. And so that's the problem. You know, I was at this Harvard dinner and I'm talking to the person next to me, which we had a signed seating, which is a fucking nightmare. I hate it so much. So I'm talking to the person next to me. I'm telling my story. And, you know, he gets offended. He gets offended and he turns his back. He literally turns his back to me like this. Because basically I was telling my story and he's like, well, I don't understand why sex, why, why you want to do sex. And I'm just like, I've already told you. If I was selling water bottles, you wouldn't be grilling me like this. And I kind of said that and he was just, oh, sorry, I offended you. And turned his back to me. At that point, I'm already over it. So I get up and leave because I'm just like, I'm a grown ass woman. I can do what I want. But that tends to be my it's 50 50 and so when i go into these spaces i i just i just kind of sit in the corner and don't really talk to anyone and people think i'm antisocial, but it's more just like i don't know what i'm about to endure i have no idea who's gonna what they're gonna say to me how they're gonna talk to me and if they're gonna respect me that's typically what's in these spaces because they one they can't handle me one i'm a black woman two i'm not a technologist so i'm not an engineer i'm not a coder i'm not that and three I don't, you can say anything to me and I'll go, okay. And that freaks people out. It freaks people out that they can be themselves and ask these questions that they've been so afraid to ask. And I think it's really important that we acknowledge this because what the sexuality that people are getting with the invention of tube sites is morbid as hell. Like, you know, we're getting all of this 
um, distortion of what sexuality is because of um, not wanting to talk about it. So it gets pushed under the ground and people have these very intense feelings around sexuality they don't talk about. And it leads into like really harmful ideas around sex. Um, so anyway. That's a whole nother podcast. That's a whole. I could go. I could go <laughs> off on tube sites. The invention of tube sites, y'all. That's that. That's an invention. Like we didn't have free porn all the time. Like anyway. Anyway, I digress. I digress. So, yeah. what was the last NFT you minted? Um, dick pics. There was dick pics. Dick pics. Yeah, I haven't uh, minted anything recently. I really want to get more into like the collector conversation around it. But right now, it's just a financial barrier. At the end of the day, like I don't have the extra income to collect. The utility and community aspect of NFTs is something. I'm really passionate about and teaching people in sex tech about it and I think that NFTs are so empathetic and so cool because we're thinking about the other person and how the other person wants their art to be viewed right and that's a really big flaw in web 2 is we took people's agency away I'm nervous that it's going to be replicated it's going to be in some ways replicated in web 3 um, but that's how I see the innovation happening right and people like freak out because I, I like to talk about the social concepts as much as technical um, and that's where I think the crypto NFT space is it's a social conversation it's a belief. The first currency we ever had was connected to the church. They meant the same thing that minted communion, right? This is mint. The same thing that minted our communion um, cracker was the same thing we minted money with, right? And it was connected to the church. And so what's our new gospel? What's our new gospel around finances and Web3? Um, and so that's kind of what I'm answering. It's like, there's a trust element to this that we have to have. Otherwise... What are we doing? Uh, where can people find you? Uh, so y'all can find me. I'm SX Noir. Um, SXNoir.com. SX. So sex without the E. Okay. It's a play on censorship uh, because everyone censors sex. So I'm SX. The one, the original SX. Um, you can find me there. Uh, you can come find me. Join women of sextech.com and also sex tech crypto everywhere. I just kind of got that domain. So sex tech crypto.com, sex tech crypto on Twitter. That's probably really where to find me. Um, and also my Venmo is SXBRAT. <laughs> my cash app is SXBRAT. Something about me is I have no shame. You can tip me and I'll say hello. Pick a word. Thoughtful. Thoughtful. T-H-O-T-F-U-L. T-H-O-T-F-U-L. Yes. All right. Text thoughtful to 406-295- <laughs> Six nine two nine. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. It's thank my you. pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I mean, I, I talk about having diversity and like a diverse conversation, yeah. and this is definitely Oof. the most Circle different back. conversation. Yeah, I know. Well, right, but people really resonate with it. It's kind of funny. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having right. me. I'm, I don't have any alpha advice, y'all, other than support. You know, these empathetic social conversations as much as you support technical. I have no alpha advice, though. No, no alpha. All good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you.